See, what had happened was um, Cindy was going to give you the night off, right? And then she was like, you know, you can still take the night off if you want. And I'm like, and I felt she like she reversed psychology, psychology me into, into saying, no, I'll do it. So she... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, probably, probably. <laughs> See, now nah, I, I don't, I don't want to get that that type of nah because I know what that means. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, sir. All right, once again, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Star Show featuring Super Sly 75. I am your gracious host, Super Sly 75. <clears throat> you can always catch us on www.onthewakeupradio.com. We are on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio for the replays missed. Uh, the call-in number is always is 646-547-13. Zero five. You can find me under uh, SuperSlide75 on YouTube. Uh, merchandise is always available at teespring.com forward slash SuperSlide. Also, please feel free to donate any amount, which will go to website and airtime. It is a, a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. If you appreciate the free content, please help us keep the message uncensored and free. You can always donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. Also, if you like a slot for advertisement, please hit us up on onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. So this time last week, I was fighting Staphylococcus germinitis, and I was on my deathbed, but I, I made it through. So I'm here. Uh, I got a myriad of, of topics tonight. I don't have a specific uh, topic or main talking points tonight. Just a bunch of stuff I want to just ramble through, and uh, we'll see where that gets us. So as what we always do, we'll do a movie breakdown. Um Unlike Batman, I didn't have prep time like I thought I would have was going to have. So I can't do Daybreakers tonight. I'll do Daybreakers next week. So instead of Daybreakers, I want to talk about uh, It Chapter 2 and Afro Samurai and Afro Samurai Resurrection. Because there's some themes in those movies that I think people kind of missed out on if they haven't seen uh, those anime uh, features yet. So first things first, let's get into It Chapter two. Now, God damn it. I don't want to hear shit about spoilers. Everybody read the books. Uh, ABC did, did did a movie premiere 30 years ago. It was a two part two uh, two night miniseries. OK, um, there's some key points that in it, too, that I want to go over. Now, first things first, um, 
there were some parts that scared the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. I did jump on one particular scene with Paul Bunyan. And uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So the premise of it, chapter two is uh, 27 years later, uh, Pennywise comes back for feeding. Uh, the loser club all grows up. Uh, they have a lot of suppressed memories, a lot of compartmentalized memories. The further away from dairy you get, the more they uh, buried their memories. Okay, so now the brother, the librarian who stated to live in dairy, Mike, he's kind of like the uh, the crux to all this. Um, he put he he's the melanated brother that they all had to kind of circle and gallivant around to uh, to help him uh, take out uh, Pennywise. Okay, so they have to find artifacts that they all hid. 27 years prior okay that is their mission so they can perform this ritual to contain the spirit of pennywise now if you don't know the backstory if you've never heard the the macro verse there's a turtle okay there's a turtle that somehow either sneezed or hiccuped our reality right or our world okay uh the turtle is the arch enemy of pennywise okay Pennywise takes the form of a clown because he finds it easiest to scare children. That's period, point blank. That's why he takes that form. Okay, so Pennywise comes here a long time, long time, long, long time ago. Uh, there's a shared universe uh, with Stephen King with it and the Dark Tower series. If you read those Dark Tower series books, uh, you you know that it uh, had a, a had a had offspring that. Uh, the Dark Tower series kind of got into. Also, um, they did the movie Dark. The Dark Tower came out with, with Idris Elba. It was a total flop. They totally fucked that movie up because they didn't stick to none of the source material. Um, so that's what that's what happened with that movie. All right, all right. So it has been awakened. He's 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 ready to feed. Mike said, "Hey," he calls everybody. He says, "Hey, man, uh, it's it's starting up again. I need y'all to come back to Dairy because we all took a blood oath." Okay, they all cut themselves 27 years prior and took a blood oath to come back to finish the job if need be. So um, they all come back except for one, Stanley, the Jew. He didn't come back. He kills himself. He slices his wrist in the bathtub. So they come back. They start uh, having these memories that they suppressed years prior. And Mike says, hey, man, I found a way to kill this thing. So he goes and he he went to go visit some Indian folk. Um, they took him in. They gave him some root. They showed him the history with their history of dealing with Pennywise and how to, how to defeat it, per se. Uh, so he says, hey, you, we all need to do this ritual. You all need to go find suppressed artifacts that you guys hid years prior that meant something to you to put it into this little bucket thing so we can do this, this ritual thing. So each uh, of the Losers Club has to go on their own little journey of self-discovery and suppress the memories, right? And deal with their greatest fears one by one. And the one particular trailer we all saw with the old lady, when she she was like, uh, you know, she was all nice and smiley, and she she was talking, and then she said, "No one really dies in dairy," and her face kind of freezes up, right? Let me tell you something: the trailer, the trailer cannot prepare you for what actually happens. In that scene. So, of course, they show the old lady when she's naked. She walks across the hallway, right? Nigga, when I tell you when she comes out, 
uh, you know, when she says uh, to Bev, because Bev's Bev's backstory, she married a, a millionaire. He's abusive. Okay. Uh, she says, like, Does it, is it everything you remember? Or are you still daddy's little girl? She's like, are you still daddy's little girl? And she comes running after her. And she comes out. She's about eight feet tall. If you watch Death Note, she looks like Raikou from Death Note. Holy shit. I mean, just haggard old lady and 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 these and pale skin and this big wide oh my it was disturbing and she's running after her and i'm like oh shit and everybody's in the crowd like oh no oh it, that wasn't a scary scene no 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 okay so moving on uh little fat one he be, he grew up to be swole he lost the weight he became an architecture he had to go through his own little ritual thing to find his artifact um the second one that stuck out to me was Richie. Richie p- played by Bill Hader with the glasses. Richie is, is sitting on the park bench in the park, and there's a Paul Bunyan statue, right? And then the Paul Bunyan statue disappears. Now, you know the scary part is coming, okay? You know it's coming. So it doesn't show. He is gone. And then it pans to the left, and instant they instant, instantly cut it. And you see this big-ass angry face with teeth. And it's the Paul Bunyan statue. Let me tell y'all. Um, yeah, I jumped. I said, oh, sh- ah. <laughs> and everybody's like, and everybody freaks out. I mean, it, they, they cut it so good. And uh, Paul Bunyan's chasing them with the scythe and shit. Um, okay, that's enough of, that, of, the, of the jump scares. Now, they all get the artifacts. They all retreat back to um, the library. But if you remember in, in the first It... The one kid with the mullet, and I forget his name. He goes crazy. He gets blamed for the killings. He goes crazy. Goes into a mental institution. Pennywise sends his uh, his dead buddy to break him out of prison. I uh, bring him out of the uh, mental hospi- hospital. So he's on a mission for from Pennywise to kill off the uh, the Losers Club. So there's one confrontation between him and Eddie in the bathroom, and I forget the kid with the mullet's name. He stabs him in the cheek. With this, with this knife, the kid Eddie backs up into the into the into the tub, pulls the curtain across, takes the knife out of his cheek, and he stabs the dude in the chest. Dude in the chest falls out the window, and he runs off, and and, and he runs off, not to be seen again. Um, so they all convene at the old house, their first original house. Pennywise can manifest and manipulate size matter, but there's a rule of law that he must abide by. And I believe the rule of law says whatever shape or form it takes, it has to abide by that the law of physics. So if it's a big mass, it has to abide by the big mass of, for physics. If it's a small size, it has to abide by the physics of, of a smaller size. Okay, so they go down to the into his into his lair. They do the ritual, and it doesn't work. And Pennywise is like, oh, you didn't tell him, Mike, what happened to the Indians that tried to pull this shit on me? And and they're all looking like Mike, like, what do you mean it didn't work? Oh, he says, well, let me show you what happened. Now, on the, uh, I guess, the the, 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 the little waste basket, I guess it's a waste basket that, that will house the spirit. On each side of it, there's a pictograph. One of the pictographs is scratched out. So what Mike ended up doing, because he knew what happened prior when he went to go sit with the shamans, he scratched out that one particular pictograph. It's all scratched out. 
So Pennywise shows everybody what happened. Pennywise had slaughtered all the Indians that tried to perform that very same ritual because they they didn't believe. And Mike was like, hey, no, it'll work. You guys just have to believe. So they're ready, they're ready to pretty much cut bait. Um, and Pennywise is about to, you know, try and start picking them off one by one. So then um, at one point, Bev was like, well, oh, the, the scene where he grows into the giant spider. And then he's chased them all around. They're running and hiding, trying to get the fuck out of there. And then Bev was like, okay, wait a minute. All it has to abide by the, the same rules of physics or, or, or the matter part. So they so they come up with the idea to shrink Pennywise down to size and deal with him that way. So they try and run up in, into the, into the, one of the cave openings, the, the small one. He blocks it off. And then at one point, they just they just decide to not be to stop being scared. Like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Remember when Nancy decided to turn her back to Freddy, took away his power because she was no longer afraid of, of Freddy. Same rule applies here. So they start hurling insults at Pennywise because they're no longer afraid of him. And then he starts shrinking in size. And then he shrinks into like this little baby. He's like, he's like, his powers are weak. He's like, Arr! but before he does that, he stabs Eddie through the chest. If now, if you, if you watch the old series, ABC series from 30 years prior, you know, everybody knows Eddie dies. Okay. Um, I remember in the, in the original series, he used his asthma pump. Uh, against Pennywise in that version. This version, asthma pump doesn't work. Uh, so he's laying off to the side, dying. They're all hurling insults at Pennywise. Pennywise retreats. Uh, he shrinks into this little this little baby, and his heart's beating. They're like, oh, his heart is beating. He's scared. So the black man, Mike, reaches in, pulls out his heart, and they all grab the heart together, and they squish the heart, and basically killing Pennywise. And... Um, I left out a bunch, but that was for the main parts of, of the movie that I wanted to address. I, I, I liked uh, the part where it was the brother that had to get all everybody together. He was the key to all this. And it was him who pulled out the heart of Pennywise. All right. Um, I liked it. I liked the movie. I liked the movie. I, 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 I liked it. I liked the original one. I'm not going to be one of those picky guys that be like, oh, you didn't stick to the source material. You, you know, if you read the book, this would this, this, this would happen. Listen, they never, ever stick to the source material from the books like that. There's adaptations to a certain extent, but there's certain things that they leave out, out of the book. The one particular part that got everybody talking is the first original scene when you had the two homosexuals kissing. And in my theater, uh, the white people did not like that at all. Now. The irony of it is that scene was nowhere near. It was nowhere in the first original uh, showing 30 years prior on ABC. Yeah, it's in the book, but it's one thing to be in the book. It's another thing to show it actually in film. The original version's not on the film. This version was, and and my and my theater, and white folk was not having it. So, you know, shout out to the, to the Midwest. We still got some some core values, I guess. <laughs> um, moving on, second. Uh, topic I want to break down Afro Samurai. Uh, Afro Samurai is like a uh, an anime with a black samurai. Okay, uh, if you have to be an anime head to know about this, I guess. Uh, produced by the RZA, he did a soundtrack. Um, it was on Cartoon Network, I believe, at one point. Um, so yeah, the the the, the main theme of Afro Samurai, the first one. So there's two head was well, actually 10 headbands, but the only two headbands that count are number one and number two. 
And so only the strongest warriors can can have number one and number two. Number one means you're the top dog. Number two means you have the right to challenge number one. But number two has a nickname. Number two headband is referred to as the uh, the path to, to the God body. OK, because you, once you once you take the mantle of the number two, that means you're, you're on your path. Because number one, if you have the number one headband, it means you are a God. To take number two means you are in the path to Godhood. So as a number two, anybody can challenge you. So you're always being tested by somebody as the number two. As the number one, only a number two can challenge you. Okay, so number two has a life of just constantly battling and defending himself, herself against all comers any time of the day. Any time of the night. The closest thing I can I can refer to is money in the bank. If you watch WWE wrestling, if you have the money in the bank, uh, brief, briefcase that means anybody can challenge you anywhere. Same premise applies for the number two headband. So now, Afro's daddy originally had the number one headband. He's challenged by a number two, and a number the number two. And I forget his name, but he's voiced by Ron Perlman. Uh. Number two has a trick up his sleeve. He has a third arm that comes out his back. Okay. So now when Afro's daddy and number two are engaged, um, actually the, the daddy had the upper hand, but then uh, homeboy used a third arm and end up chopping off <laughs> Afro's daddy's head. And in, in true uh, warrior fashion, he tells the kid, he said, hey, kid, when you're ready, I'll be at this mountaintop. Okay. So fast forward some years, Afro is filled with revenge. All he wants is revenge for his, for his father's murder, right? So Afro goes to this teacher to, to learn the ways of, of, a, of a swordsman. All right, He's, he becomes a pretty good swordsman. They take him in. They look at him as family. Uh, his brother, his name is uh, Gino. Uh, he has a little sister named uh, Lady Sua, right? Uh, Lady Sio, Lady Sio, and the other rest of the, the little swordsmen. They all are little, little family. So he's the only little black kid with a bunch of Asians, okay? So come to find out, at night, their master goes out and they don't realize he's he's the number two. He has a number two headband. So every night, someone challenges him for the number two headband. So he, when the students are asleep at night, he goes out and goes to whoop ass as the number two. The bartender tells the kids, well, yeah, you know, um, you know, your master, the rumor has it, he he wears a number two headband and he trains you guys as his watchdogs. Well, of course, Gino's like, that's not true. Our master wouldn't do us like that. So then Afro is like, oh, really? So you the man I need to take out. Bet. So during their uh, graduation, because they, they officially graduate as at to, to master swordsman level. Afro is like, hey, master, I want to ask you a question. And Gino's like, don't do it. And he said, uh, what, what's your question, Afro? And Gino's like, don't ask him the question. He said, Master, is it true that you wear the number two headband? Master replies, meet me at, meet me at the treetop at midnight. He already knows what time it is. Okay. Mind you, Afro is still like a teenager at this point. So midnight rolls around. Afro, the master's waiting for Afro. Afro shows up. But then... Gino shows up. All the students show up. They're trying to talk Afro out of this. Of course, the master is like, you've chosen your path. Then a bunch of other guys from the village show up to, to challenge uh, 
the master for the number two because everybody wants number two number two headband. I mean everybody. Okay. So this huge sword fight ensues. The kids are getting slaughtered because they're just kids, you know. They're going up against grown ass swordsmen. All right. Um, they're getting cut down one by one. Gino and, and Afro are the only ones holding their own. The masters, you know, slaughtering people, but he's getting cut in the process. So they pretty much wipe out all the uh all the opponents. And it's just Gino, Afro, and the master. Gino's like, dude, we're brothers. We took you in. You're, you're like family to us. Don't do this. You know, it's because of you. Our family's pretty much decimated. Don't do this. So the master says, okay, uh, Afro, you've chosen your path. Come on, let's go. So as Afro charges the master, the master raises his sword and does not defend himself. Afro cuts off the master's head. Okay. Afro then assumes the number two headband. Gino attack goes to attack Afro. Afro defends himself. Somehow Gino ends up over the side of a cliff. Gino is highly upset. And before he falls into the, into the ocean, he says, I will never forgive you. He falls off. And then Afro is the number two guy. So now his adventure goes on as the number two man to make his way to the mountaintop to face uh, the number one. Now, there's this clan of, of techno-religious zealots called the Brothers. Like the Brothers Cool. They're called the Brothers Cool. And they talk, you know, they're like, my brother, um, yes, the number the number two has arrived. And they're all into technology, but they're religious zealots at the same time. So they're into cloning, Android replication, all this shit. Okay, so their plan is they build an Afro Samurai Android. Okay. They send in their lady assassin to get next to Afro to steal his dreams and his memories so they can use it to fuel the, the Afro android. Okay. All right. So the girl comes into Afro's path and she's like, oh, Master Swordsman, what are you doing here? And yada, 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 yada. So, you know, they have sex. Right. This is in the, in the director's cut. The original cut, there's no sex scene. Director's cut, there's a sex scene. So then brother, brother number seven, he's like, hey, um, did you get the information for us? Because uh, you're taking too long. So obviously the lady has a change of heart because she realizes Afro really is a good guy. Just, you know, he's just a tortured soul. She flips on the brothers. They send in their assassins. They kill her. Try to kill, try to kill Afro. Doesn't work. So then Afro goes to their compound and there's seven brothers, seven of them. And he goes through all of them for the most part. Then they unleash the Afro android powered by his thoughts and dreams. So basically he's fighting a mirror of himself who knows his moves before he does. His sidekick, Samuel L. Jackson, voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, is like, man, you know, you're fighting yourself. Then that, that, that pretty much knows what, you, what you're about to do two steps ahead of you. So then he remembers what his master taught him. Uh, fight with unpredictability. Do not, uh, he said, use moves that don't have a history or that are recorded. Okay. So that was the key for him to, to, to defeat the Android because he started fighting some off the wall style that, that the Android did not have a memory or a record of. So that's how he was able to destroy the Android. He go, then the brothers, he finished off the rest of the brothers. He's making his way towards the mountaintop to face number one. And then Gino 
fucking shows up. Gino, the guy that fell in the fucking ocean years prior, he's all uh, roboticized and got uh, robot parts and he's been enhanced and all this shit. So he's seething with anger. All he cares about is killing Afro. He doesn't care about the headband. He just wants revenge for his family, which is understandable. Okay? Understandable. They go at it. Of course, Afro wins, and you think he kills him again, right? We thought, yeah, okay, so he he beats him, and we think Gino is dead. Okay, moving forward, he finally faces the number one, and uh, he's like, you know, I've been watching you, boy, take a long time, but you're going into a fine killer. The way Ron Perlman voiced this character is is hilarious, but it makes so, so much sense. So let me cut to the bullshit. They get to fighting. Now, you remember... Afro's seen this guy fight. He knows his trick. Okay? So he saw the third the third arm come out. And he's able to cut off his arms, hat, and partially decapitate his head. And he thinks the battle's over. Of course, this dude ain't dead because that would be too easy, right? And he goes on this whole soliloquy about, you know, only men like us can stand to suffer the torment of all the lies we've, we've taken you know, chasing this number one and number two were the only ones worthy to, to rule this place as a god, yada, yada, yada. Because his his motivation is to be God, to rule the planet as how, as how he see fits. Okay, so his head snaps back on. And he's able to uh, use the ground as, as an appendage. So he stabs Afro in what he thought was his head, which he just stabbed him in Afro. And then Afro kind of snaps out of it and Cuts the dude up in a hundred pieces. Literally cuts him in a hundred pieces. And he takes the number one headband. Okay. That's Afro Samurai, the first one. The second one. The second one. Okay, so Gino is back again with his sister. They're looking for Afro. The plan is uh, Afro at this point is no longer practicing he pretty much quit. All he cared about was getting revenge. What he forgot or didn't realize as the number one, there is no quitting. You are once you're number one, that's it. You that is it until someone takes you out. He he didn't care at that point. He got his revenge. So Gino, all you know, uh, upgraded up again. He wears another thing. He wears this big ass teddy bear mask. Um, it's like an enhanced helmet. For his, you know, for uh, surveying his 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 uh his uh territory, right? So he wears the the bear pedal mask in the first and second one. So if you know what the bear means, you know what that, you know what I'm saying when I when I refer to it as the bear pedal mask. Okay, so him and his little sister, Lady Sia, they grow, you know, she's she's grown now. They beat up Samurai uh, Afro. They break into the daddy's grave. They steal. A piece of his jawbone. Lady Sia takes it to the brothers, another another brother scientist, and she says, "Is that enough uh, material to do this?" And he's like, "Oh yes, Lady Sia, this is this is more than enough." So they're going to clone this man's dead daddy. Okay. The plan is to clone his dead daddy and send the dead daddy after Afro. Let me cut to the chase. So Afro faces down Gino for the final time. He kills Gino. He kills Lady Sia. 
And then he's facing his daddy, the resurrected clone version of his daddy. They go at it. Of course, Afro is struggling because he's like, this is my dad. And his partner's like, uh, no, motherfucker, this ain't your daddy. Uh, your daddy is dead. So all through the fight, he's holding back. And the daddy is just ain't his, clearly ain't his dad. I mean, he's just a programmed zombie at this point. And he's just whooping Afro's ass. So Afro finally got to the point where he realized this is, this is not his daddy. And he finally hits it with the killing blow and kills uh, this clone version of his dad. Um, yeah. We all missed that, didn't we? Now, mind you, this shit came out, I don't know, seven, eight years ago? Not even that long ago. I missed all, all of that shit. <laughs> Excuse me. So I missed all of that. All of that. Um, this is what I mean with, with, the, with the messages in the movies. Um, they have to, by their creed, they have to tell you what the plan is. That way, um, that gives them an out. Okay, what I mean by that, that gives them out because they give you a choice. Okay, these people don't force you to do anything. That's the beauty of of the of the geniusness of how they operate and run things. They give you choices. They don't make you do anything. Okay, when's the last time I drew put a gun to your head and made you did something? He doesn't. Doesn't make you go. He doesn't make you go to his banks, right? They don't make you do anything. They give you a choice, right? That that's that's pretty much it. Um, <clears throat> now, my next little rant. I want to talk about Snowfall. And for those that watch, it, it comes on FX. Um, to me, Snowfall is clearly a better show than Power. Hold up, before you take my head off, Power fans. I am a Power fan, but Snowfall is a much better written show than Power. Power is more entertaining, but but Snowfall to me is more grounded is is grounded more in reality. I have two issues with Snowfall. Season two, when Lou, right, the the woman that left old boy that left that left Franklin's uncle to go be with the the, the woman, right? Remember they got into the cat fighting in in her club, right? They get the cat fighting. And Lou had hit over the head with the bottle, the champagne bottle. The bottle broke, but not the handle, right? So after she pushes her back on the bar and she, I guess she breaks her neck, how come the cops did not see the broken handle glass bottle and run the fingerprints on it? Now, I'm being, I'm being, I'm, I'm being picky, but that is a huge, huge plot hole for me. That's a huge plot hole. Second plot hole I have issue with this show. When Franklin goes to county jail and he sees Ray Ray and his boys and Ray Ray hits him with the, oh, you know, we're from the same hood. We got, we got to stick together. And then later on that night, they beat him up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, if we all remember, Ray Ray has a body on him. Right? Remember when the, the original agreement was Franklin bring uh Bring dude to him, right? He said, okay, man, I brought him here. That's all I He said, no, you need to kill him. Because if you don't kill him, I'm going to kill you. So remember, he gave him the, 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 the switchblade and cut dude's throat, his homie, right? So he has a body on him. So how are you going to beat up the dude that forced you to have a body on, on you? That is another 
huge plot hole issue I have with with it with this show. Other than that, it's an excellent show. It took too long for me in the first season uh, for them all to meet up. So you got these subplot stories, the CIA dude, you got the, the big Mexican and his little girlfriend, right? And then you had Franklin's connect. So we knew at some point they were all going to hook up. It was, it took too long for me. It dragged out way too long for me. Um, other than that, I, I think Snowfall is a great show. That was just a huge little, those two plot holes really bothering the fuck out of me at this point. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of upset at 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 uh, Leon for taking the woman back because she talked all that bullshit talking about you can't do nothing for me. And he was like, "What that old bitter bitch gonna do for you? She do more than she can do more than than you can." I'd be like, "Oh, bitch, well stay gone." She because after she killed her, who was the first person she called? She called Leon. I'd be like, "Bitch, stay gone." Remember, she can't. Remember, I can't do nothing for you. <laughs> but I'm petty. I'm petty like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm petty like that. Um. Okay, okay. Those those are my only two issues I have. Let me see. Let me see what my next set of notes. Um, let me go to the notes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bear with me, y'all. Oh, I know this is off the cuff, right? This is off the cuff. This is somewhat little left. City girls, old girls coming coming home from prison. The one that 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 wrote all the raps. The one that was going to make all the money. Has she not been sent to prison? So let's keep an eye out for, I think, was that is it JT? Let's keep an eye out for JT and see how long she lasts outside of prison. She gets, I guess she gets released sometime this, this month. Uh, mind you, they both were involved in a credit card scam, but only JT got locked up. JT was the one doing most of the material. Okay, so that's, be mindful of that. Also, have we seen Kevin Hart? Has anyone seen Kevin Hart since his hospital release? Um, if you don't think the fix is in with this version of Kevin Hart, don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what this version of Kevin Hart looks like. Uh, look for facial tics. Look at his ears. I don't know. Nose. If you, you know, hairline may be a little bit different. So, uh, be mindful of this version of, of Kevin Hart. <laughs> and, uh, we go, we go see because normally, you know, what celebrity doesn't post hospital pictures? You have not seen one hospital picture. You haven't seen one video footage of him doing rehab. Nothing, none of that. It's been he's been dark, pretty much been dark. So um, we'll we'll see we'll see how this, this version turns out. Um, with that being said, I'm gonna take a, a quick break, and uh, I'll be back in two and two, and we'll get into the uh, the other main topics for tonight. Okay, cool. Man. <laughs> I mean, damn, I, I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I, I literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I literally was watching that shit at work today on my lunch break, literally. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, this, and that. I'm like, okay, got it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all that meant. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yep. That's right, the lemonade. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. The only issue I had with it was pacing. It is, it, it, it's to me, it was like 20 to 30 minutes too long. That movie was two and a half hours long, man. I was like, you know what? It was too many flashback scenes. And uh, I, um, the second, this, 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 uh, this version here. Yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't see the first one, yeah, if you didn't see the first one, you'd be all caught up with this one. But for us, for those that have seen it, it's, there's way too many flashback scenes for my taste. So they should have knocked off about 20 minutes off that, off the footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. One day. Right. He did it. I mean, I I man, I was impressed by his by his range. I was like, I didn't know Bill could like act like this. Like, I, I 
it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Com yeah. Yeah. And and the jokes he would he would crack off. It it was it was. I mean, his comedic time was perfect. But when he got time for him to be serious, he was on point. I was like, okay, because you know, comedians can make some of the best actors. You know, so uh, I was I was impressed. I was like, okay, this, he's got range. Hopefully, we'll see him in more. Uh, you know, more serious roles, you know, moving forward. So. Yeah. Yeah, this version, much, much violent. Um, the way he was killing these kids in this movie, I, I mean, he ate out one dude's heart. And then and then Funhouse, he, he ate one little boy. I mean, just completely just evis eviscerating these kids when he was eating them. I was just like, God damn. You see the blood splatter on the screen and shit. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sure did. I remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that I mentioned that part. I got to come back. And when I come back and I'll get to, but it was a reason why he did it though. It, the reason why he did it was, was, was slick. There was a reason that's that. And it, it, it was, but his twist on it in the note, he wrote everybody a note says, look, I'm, I'm going to, I can't, you, you, we all should be strong together and I'm not strong like you guys. So I'm gonna take myself off the, off the board. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He, yeah. Yep. He wrote everybody a note saying, Hey, you know, I, I'll take myself off the board. And he said, if you're reading this, then it worked. I was like, Oh, that's so fucking dope. That is so dope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to touch back on it when we go back live because um, I want to, I, yeah, I, that's a very important part. I can't believe it, I, I missed that part. So I, I, need to, I need to mention that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's that? Man, who you telling? What man? Listen, that thing right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. -hmm. mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I'm excited for it. I believe so. If they if if they keep their hands out the fucking pot and the suits just go do what the suits do and don't come to the sets and let them let the directors do what they fucking do. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Star Show featuring me, Super Slot Seventy Five. I want first want to give a shout out to uh, Ron the Boards, uh, the Slave Driver, aka uh, Cindy. Uh, visit us on www.onthewakeupradio.com. We're on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio for uh, the replays. The call-in number is always six four six five four seven. 1305. Also, please feel free to donate uh, any amounts to go to a uh, website and airtime. It's still a, a labor of love. We live in a costly world. Uh, so if you appreciate the free content, please help us to keep the message uncensored and free. You can always donate through PayPal on the wake up radio at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like an advertisement slot, hit us up at on the wake up radio at gmail.com. Okay. Um, I, I forgot a very crucial part in, in the breakdown of it. Chapter two, Stanley, the Jew. Okay, Stanley was very, very important, even though he killed himself. Now, here it goes. Uh, Before he did that, he wrote everybody a note. And you realize at the end of the at the end of the movie, you know, Mike calls everybody to see how everybody's doing. He's talking to uh, I think he believes talking to Bill. He says, hey, did you get your letter? He says, no, I I didn't. I didn't get it. He says, well, when you get it, you should read it. So Stanley writes his it's not a suicide note. Uh, Basically, it, it. I think Stanley knew better than everybody. In the note, he was like, he says, you know, um, as a group, we should all be strong. I am not strong. So I'm going to take myself off the board. Right. And he gave them a better fighting chance with him not being the weak link in that group. And then also in the note, it says, if you're reading this, then it worked. Uh, I totally forgot that part. I thought it was very crucial what Stanley did. Uh, had Stanley probably shown up, they probably would have uh, not had had not had taken out um, Pennywise. Um, also, when Bev seen the deadlights in the first it, she seen how they were all going to die. So not only did they have to do this ritual, um, they had to do it before the 27-year cycle ended because had they not done it, they all would have gone crazy and killed themselves eventually because of the stress and the strain of dealing with it or Pennywise. So uh, twofold, they had to kill him just to kill him. And then they had to kill him because if they didn't kill him before this cycle ended, uh, they were going to die. So that I think I covered everything as far as uh, the it chapter two. Um, so let's get into some of these uh, articles. Uh, let's talk about some CIA stuff. This is interesting. Okay. There's a brother from Uganda who worked for the CIA. Uh, he was a uh, a performer. All right, its name. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me find it out. Okay, uh, this guy was one of the front men. He's one. Of, he's one of Uganda's top bands, and he worked for the CIA. Uh, okay, we Okay, here we go. His name is Daryl Blocker. Daryl Blocker. Um, Sarati officers clandestine. Okay, okay, I'm getting to it. Okay, he says my clandestine activities were enhanced by view, being viewed as a singer because who would ever think that one could be both? Uh, as a lifelong vocalist, Blocker always felt comfortable in front of an audience from his local church to Glee Club at the University of Georgia. He called singing his first love, but Blocker's lengthy bout as a spy helped him hone that passion, he said, taking cues from his day job to breathe life into his nighttime performances. 
Uh, they're both very intimate, Blocker recently said, referring to performing on stage and the art of espionage, as he calls it. Intimate in the sense that if you are truly paying attention and listening to whoever's sitting across from you, they will know it and they will know that you're sincere. Daryl Blocker, a 28-year veteran of the CIA and now an ABC News contributor, uh, he says, spying is easy, singing is hard. Uh, Blocker, who recently became an ABC News contributor, spent 32 years in the intelligence community, first as an analyst with the Air Force and then in the CIA's clandestine service as an operations officer, chief of station and chief of Africa division, traversing European capitals and African outposts alike. His job, in his words, was to spot, assess, develop and recruit spies to help keep our nation safe. In 1996, during an overseas assignment in Dakar, Blocker started playing covers with a pianist from Scotland, a guitarist from Canada, and an American Peace Corps doctor also on guitar. When they played music, they were fine, but singing was not their forte, Blocker said. So he offered up his services. The group had a standing show on Thursday nights at a British club for diplomats covering anything from Hootie and the Blowfish to Otis Redding. Soon they started playing house parties. Fast forward to 2003 when Blocker arrived in Uganda for another overseas tour. On Sunday nights in Kampala, the nation's capital, Blocker visited Bubbles O'Leary, a club described by one trip advisor commenter as brilliant for a night out and one of the best places to party in Kampala. Uh, let's see. Okay. I'm getting to the part where he's the spy part. Okay, so we just blew up, Blocker added, to the point that it was starting to get in the way of the reason I was in Uganda. There simply weren't enough hours in the day to both meet with assets and keep pace with his band's demand. Meanwhile, the band made up of Logan, two Ugandans, and two Congolese had no idea their frontman was living and working undercover as a veteran intelligence officer. His official cover was an employee with the State Department assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Kampala. Logan claims to have had a hunch Blockerwood had a secret job in Uganda, but nearly two de decades later, he was surprised to learn his lead singer was a highly trained American intelligence official. Every so often, his two worlds would collide. Blocker remembers spotting his assets in the audience during performances. You just learn not to show any more interest in them as you would anybody else, Blocker said. They know and you know that you can avoid each other as much as you can. Other times, Blocker claims his status as a local celebrity served the United States national security interests. Blocker said performing on stage exposed me to a whole lot more people than I would have met at the diplomatic receptions. So in that sense, Blocker continued by singing, expanding my circle of potential contacts to pursue. The band got big, so big, in fact, that Blocker started getting recognized during a rare respite from his busy life in the city. Blocker brought his family to Jinja a lakeside tourist destination 60 miles west of the Kenyan border. During an ATV tour, Blocker and his family stopped at a mountaintop. He noticed a young couple eyeing him. There was nobody else over near where I was, so I looked at them and they said, how, how are you all? They said, are you in a band in Kampala? And I said, yes. And she hit him like, I told you that was him. Mm -hmm. By the end of his career at the CIA, which ended in 2018, Blocker reckons he performed a Star Spangled Banner at least no less than eight times at eight different U.S. embassies around the world, a responsibility he does not carry lightly. Uh, in August 2019, the CIA honored Blocker with the Distinguished Career Intelligence Medal 
one of the highest honors bestowed upon career officers. During his, his accepted speech, Blocker named Millicent Marshitt, his high school choral director, as one of the most influential. Damn all that. Y'all think I'm going to liber- liberate Africa with guys like him? I, I, I Just help me understand how, how do y'all plan on liberating Africa with dudes like him running around town like that? This is what they do. This is what they do. You're not going to liberate Africa from anything. From anything. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so all these well-wishing Negroes talk about invest, invest, invest. Hey, you know what? I'm all for investing. Get your get in, get your money, get the fuck out. Because that's all you're about to. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to change anything. You're not going to change the diaspora. You're not going to change the narrative. You're not going to free the people. All right. This is something this is the shit that we just know about. Imagine all the covert ops they got going on. We don't know about And That's just the U.S. alone. So um, I, I wish we as a people would just just take things for the way it is and, 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 and act and adjust and move accordingly. Because, like I said, guys like this, you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to solve anything. You're just not. You're just not. Um, hmm. Next article I want to get into. Yes. Uh, West Point, West Point had a ghost problem. The the famed military academy, West Point had a problem, and they reached out to Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, the demonologist, the Annabelle, the Conjuring, these people. They reached out to them, and I was reading the book, and I and I, I read the, I read the, that part of the story, and it was just fascinating to me because this is the military. The same military that, you know, believes in witches and everything else spiritual. They have a spiritual division ran in the Air Force runs that part of it. This is the same military that had a ghost problem and reached out to these people because they had an issue. So I want to kind of go over that case file real quick, if y'all don't mind. Uh, West Point. Okay, West Point. Okay. The U.S. Army summoned the warrants to investigate the paranormal phenomena that was occur- that was occurring. This is what, precisely what happened at West Point. It was October 1972. The executive officer at the United States Military Academy telephoned the warrants a day before they were scheduled to present a general lecture to the cadets there. Though the officer's comments were deliberately vague, he nonetheless told the warrants that a curious security problem had arisen and he wanted to know if they'd be willing to help in a professional capacity before they lectured the next day at the point. Without probing, the warrants agreed to lead assistance. Good, the relief officer said. I'll send a car for you tomorrow at 3 p.m. Okay, so they get there. Okay, one more thing. For the next few minutes, Major Bowling went on to explain how an accountable breach of security was occurring in the home of West Point's superintendent and the commanding general. Naturally, the military police had already been over the problem, but to no avail, he conceded. Matters had only gotten worse. Therefore, it had been decided to get outside opinion on a problem that appeared to have no natural explanation. So if there's no objection, the superintendent would like to speak with you before dinner. Okay. The executive officer took off his cap, escorted the warrants out of the office door, and introduced them to an army photographer who sat waiting in the hallway. Okay, 
Nothing macabre has happened here, the general said, sitting in what appeared to be his favorite chair. Nevertheless, a number of incidents had gone on in this house that so far no one has able has been able to explain to my satisfaction. Some background in the basement, there is a private study. That room is kept locked and secure. But no matter how many times the bunk is there is made up, it's always found ripped apart later. Upstairs, ghosts have been seen fitting about the house. These I haven't seen, but they've been reported for years, and apparently they go with the billet. Now, I wouldn't mention any of this except to that we have an unusual persistent problem. Personal belongings and other important articles are regularly found missing, not stolen, he emphasized, but missing temporarily. The general stopped for a moment to put on his glasses. I grant you none of this is terribly important unless put into perspective. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay. So, okay. This foolishness cannot continue, the general said forcefully. Yet we know that no person has committed these actions. So, my question to you, Mr. and Mrs. Warren, in the following Is this a ghost? And I stress, if it is, then can you tell me can a ghost manipulate physical objects? Yes, Ed answered. It can, providing the objects are of no significant weight, such as the ones you describe. All right. The general said, does this sound like a ghost to you? Based on what you said, yes, Ed answered. In fact, it is quite probable that a human spirit is at work here because the items did not disappear completely. Taken back by the reply, the general looked at Ed for a moment. Would you be able to tell if this is a ghost in this house that steals wallets? Lorraine said as her opportunity to reply, sir, I am a clairvoyant. The best thing would be for us to walk the house this would allow me to determine, in fact, if a spirit is here causing the disturbance. It's the best test. The general and his wife agreed, and the group rose to their feet. Okay. In the first floor kitchen, Major Bowling showed Ed a cutting board with a wet spot on it. It almost dries, he told him, but every afternoon it gets wet again. Everywhere, accompanied by the general and his wife, Lorraine stood with her eyes closed to, in the center of the downstairs room, beginning with the sitting room, trying to perceive any invisible presence. After leaving the first floor of the mansion, the general's wife led the way up the banister staircase to the second floor. In each room, Lorraine picked up impressions of a powerful individual who had spent time in the house, but hardly any sense of a mischievous spirit. In one upstairs bedroom, Lorraine again paused for long moments. An elderly woman spent a long time in this room, she mused. The woman would often stand by that open vandera and look out to the field. This was a very wise woman who shared a burden with her man in her life. The old woman is his mother. This was Mrs. MacArthur's bedroom when her son was superintendent here. The upstairs group then walked back down to the sitting room where everyone, everyone uh, met once again. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, I'll just bear with me. Bear with, bear with me. Okay. 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 The Warrens made their way back to the Thayer mansion with the executive officer, plus a private group of officers and their wives whom they had met at dinner. All lights were turned off but one. And Lorraine closed her eyes. I see a black man approaching, she said, speaking out loud like a newscaster. He's wearing a dark uniform with no braid or decoration. This man is with us now. Eyes darted around the room, but no such figure was visible. This man is overtaken with a sense of fear guilt and lack of acceptance he feels very sorry for something his cell is in the basement 
but the army has the has has exonerated him of that murder. He is very, very sorry, and he cannot hold his sorrow any longer. This is why he has been taking wallets. He wants the army to know his sorrow. Everyone in the room sat silent and waiting to hear more. What is your name, young man? Lorraine asks. Tell me your name. He tells me his name is Greer. He spells it G-R-E-E-R. -E -E what is the date? It is the early 18th. No, it is the early 1800s. He doesn't know the date anymore. He says he just wants to he just wants his sorrow to be understood. He wants to know who I am. She said, I have been sent by the army to find out your problem. No, Mr. Greer, you are not held in, in dishonor. She said in apparent reply, your exoneration was for a purpose. It is on the records that the death you caused was not a murder. Your exoneration stands. Listen to me, Mr. Greer. Your sorrow is understood by the army, but it is only proper that your sorrow be over. There is nothing we can do for you. You are holding yourself back. You must exonerate yourself. Enough time has passed. It is now the 20th century. This is the 1970s. You do not understand the present day. Each time you take belongings from an important person, you put the army in a very dangerous position. He tells me he has no more need to do this. He feels confused. He wants to come back to life. Lorraine's arm slackened. Then she began to drift away from the trance. Lorraine had said forcefully, stay with him. Try to send him on. To live again, Mr. Greer, you must go to the lights. It is time for you to surrender yourself and begin again. Now, we've always said, what do we say when, it, when, it, when if you uh, wish to not reincarnate, you do not go into the light. Now, she clearly said in, in, this, in this caption, in this book here, for him to begin again. You must go into the light. So for all my cultic people, all my spiritualists, I've always said this. Other people have said this. Bobby Hammond has said it. Phil Valentine said it. You do not go into the light if you don't wish to come back here again. You must stay in the dark. It's a scary thing. It's probably the hardest thing that you will do is to, is to stay in the dark. If you do not want to reincarnate to come back here, stay away from the light. Okay. Now, um, let me finish this up this story. Okay, the lights, wait, wait, no, no. Okay, focus on the light and drawn toward it. Lorraine suddenly snapped awake, her eyes wide open. He's gone, I lost him, she declared. The lights were switched back on as the officers and their wives rose to their feet. Speaking in anxious, hushed tones, Lorraine, standing in the center of the group, gave a complete description of the man and said at the end, Greer has simply vanished. Shortly thereafter, the entourage made its way downstairs and left while the Warrens and the Major waited in the, seat, in the sitting room. A few minutes later, the General and his wife arrived. Lorraine briefly reviewed the communication she had, noting in conclusion, I didn't get the impression that Greer really wanted to be here. In a way, I think he was just waiting to be dismissed. After this, I seriously doubt that any more pocketbooks will be picked. But if it does happen again, please let me know. There are things I can do at a distance. That's very nice of you, she said. However... There's one small item. No black man has ever served at the point until this century. But I promise you the major will have this matter checked out completely in the next few weeks. As they spoke in the foyer, a helicopter could be heard descending outside. It was time to go. After an exchange of gratitude and farewell on the front steps, the general and his wife crossed the lawn and boarded a large service helicopter bound for New York. 
the Warren slipped into the in, into the backseat of the waiting limousine, wondering if Greer had indeed ended his travail for over a century. Now, here's a kicker. A few weeks later, while lecturing at Boston University, Ed and Lorraine were called from the stage to take a phone call from West Point again. Could you please do something about the ghost of a Civil War cavalryman who refuses to leave one of the dormitory rooms? We need the space. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was from the demonology files of Ed and Lorraine Warren. 50 years, what was it called? 50 years. What's it called? Let me find the title for it. Uh, where is it? It's called 50 Years of Ghost Hunting and Research with the Warrens. So um, that was very, very interesting. Okay. Um, I'm not going to take a break. I'm going to just push through this last hour. If you guys have any questions, you want to chime in, the number is 646-547-1305. Once again, this is you're on the Wake Up Radio. Uh, Shout out to Rodna Boards, uh, producer, uh, a.k.a. Boss. Cindy Ashby. Um, also, we are find us on www.onthewakeupradio at uh, com. We're on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Uh, <clears throat> so let me let me push through this real quick. Now we all saw what happened. Um, if you watch Choke No Joke, his last stream last night about the trannies and hip hop, it was disturbing, but it confirmed a lot of things that we thought when we were younger. I'm going to come out and say it right now. We need to throw hip hop in the goddamn trash. I'm sorry. Or or let's refer to the 90s hip hop as Greek hip hop or Roman hip hop. It was it was it was so disturbing. Um, And as a young teen back then, certain images that didn't resonate with us. Now it makes sense as we're older in our 40s and shit. A lot of these niggas sold out. Not only sold out themselves, but sold us out as as fans and followers of these people because we believed in their message. They had a message and and we listened and we believed in it. We believed in their causes. Right. Um, I I shouldn't be surprised. I'm disappointed more than anything. This is why I don't bash these young kids for doing what they do. At least these young kids are out and about with their shit. These old niggas are pushing 50 and still hiding in the closet now. What am I talking about? Okay, well, like I said, if you saw what Choke was talking about in his live stream, the one particular trainee named Shamika. Shamika was in the, uh, oh my gosh, Shamika was in a, in a few videos, right? If you go back and watch those videos now, you'll be like, God damn, what the fuck was, I, I, did, I, something I, something didn't look right, okay? Um, so Shamika, the trainee, that was in, uh, oh, we got to call her. Caller was bragging. What's going on with you? Hey, what's up? Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of these ghost things going on. Sure. And then a little bit about um, the uh, younger and older generation that um, I'm noticing right now. Um, I was going to try and do like a small podcast with Cindy like just get some files compiled because um i'm noticing like a very long separation gap um especially with uh, paranormal a lot of people are um 
looking at as fake or sci-fi non-believers and uh, how I'm looking at it is that's okay but you know if you keep saying it over and over and over it's true I look at the people are in um, young people are foolish Yeah, um, you're breaking up kind of kind of bad there, but I and I get the overall gist of what you're saying. Um, I, you you they're, they're always going to have people that push back for a reason, you know. Um, now just take flat Earth for example. If you say flat Earth in mainstream, you'll get lambasted and laughed off the stage, you know. Um, just certain things that um certain topics like that are automatically going to generate, you know, uh, contrived uh, naysayers just to, just to, to kill that point or kill that narrative. You know, what, what our job is to, is just, we just, you just keep talking about it basically and keep using these forums and other platforms to get the word out. Eventually people that want to hear will listen. Um, I'm not so much here to convert new people. I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm here to just kind of give confirmation to those that already know for the most part. I'm sorry, say what you, you're breaking up. Could you re repeat that, please? Oh, I said thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. What else? Uh, did, what else? Did you... Head out, keep listening to what you got going on. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, and we back. All right, so let me take off these glasses. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Bear with me, bear with me. Settings. God damn it. Okay, unmute. Okay, I think we got it. All right, you guys came in the chat. Hit me out there in, in, in Radio Land. Okay, my bad. So, yeah, 
the one training that I know about for sure was in the uh, the Beyonce single ladies video. The guy to her right is a tranny. That's not a story. That's not a that's not a ledge. That is that is real. The dude was a real training. Okay. Now getting back to this the whole Shamika thing, like I don't want to rehash Toke's words, but so the Shamika thing was in uh uh Big Papa, right? At the bar. It's at the bar the, with the micro braids. She had the micro braids. Okay, remember micro braids was really popular back then. If you watch that video, that's the one that Buster Rhymes was talking to at first, and then Biggie Connor came from the from the side and mushed dude out the way. That's the tranny Shamika. Shamika was also in the in the warning video. Okay, remember he's in the bed with the two women. Shamika's the one to the the left, I think. She's the one with the micro braids with the very strong face. That's Shamika. Okay, she's also in Craig Max. Flavor in your ear video. Now, here's another part that that that, that rubs me the wrong way. LL Cool J's verse. Do you know how long we try to figure out what the fuck he was talking about? And he kept saying he, she, right? We were, we were like, is he trying to say he's sneezing or did he say he, she? Remember, he says he, she. Uh, he says, Blotitious, Stevie, delicious. Who the fuck is Stevie? Why, why is Stevie delicious? What the fuck is that? Right? Y'all remember these? Come, y'all remember these verses? All right, my old heads, he remember these verses. Um, uh, LL has been alleged to be with, uh, been with with the trainees. But anywho, um, the the one scene in Big Papa, the bathroom scene, when you had the two men on the opposite end of the stall and the urinals, and you had the woman in the middle of the urinal. Go back and watch this video while I'm talking right now, so you can see what the fuck I'm talking about. The bathroom video. Okay, the two men on the urinals on the ends, and here's the woman shaking her junk because she just got pissing. And the dudes look at her like, "Oh, you got a dick too." Okay, did you do? You, I hope y'all seen what I'm putting down. Okay, throw this whole guy, the golden age of hip hop, throw it in the entire fucking trash. Okay, call it the golden age of Greek hip hop. I don't know what the fuck at this point. Um. I'm disappointed. Now the Bambada shit is one thing, but you mean to tell me for 30 years these niggas have been doing all this this nonsense shit that they speak about that they speak against in their raps? Remember, back in the 90s, all these hardcore niggas was like, "Oh, gay shit, ugh, homosexuals, ugh." Remember these? these that's what these niggas was saying, ugh, 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 right? Okay, now. People keep asking about this. Oh, got another caller. Hello, what's going on? What's bragging? Yo, what else, Clyde? My, my man, <laughs> what's going on, big dog? Hey, man, nothing, man. What's going on, bro? Bro, nigga, you just, I'm about to have an aneurysm right here, man. What the fuck? <laughs> what are you saying right now? What are you telling me, bro? Watch the video, see for yourself. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, this shit, this is depressing, bro. And you know, so so now, cause like uh, I always shout, I always shout you out, and I always shout out fucking like, T.O.J. Because like you know, y'all niggas be y'all 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 know y'all niggas the, the deep miners of fucking like you know info shit like real real. So like when motherfuckers say this shit, 
and you don't you know what I'm saying and you like you don't look it up like you said that's the key thing I'm not go look it up nigga don't take my word but go look it up yeah you see this shit man then you try to tell everybody else and he's like nah nigga you just you bullshit so you mean to tell me man these transvestigation niggas might be might be on to some shit man like yeah. all these motherfuckers Unfortunately, there's there's some yes, there's some validity to their claims. Unfortunately, yes. Wow, bro! Wow, bro! This shit is crazy, bro. Man, yeah, man. Um, outside of that, um, I had a question for you for the um the the whole uh, ghost thing or the spiritual part of it. Yeah. Um. So when when you guys they, like, so I watched the video about um the what the, the demon of the, what, the demon of David or the demon of whoever it was, right? Yeah. Some people were like you name all the demons and shit. Yeah. Um. So I'm 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 confused because you know if you follow the the Christian doctrine or whatnot, that's how you've been raised. All you've been um, exposed to that does you never. They never go over that. They tell you about the the demons of Solomon. That's what it was. The demons, demons of Solomon. Um, but like like you said, well, what is it? If Solomon was able to command these demons and use them to make himself the greatest king ever, is it? You know what I mean? I'm I'm that's that's what I'm I'm confused. So here here so now when you ask that question, most Christians give you the pushback. They'll the first thing they'll say is, well. Uh, God gave him the ring to, to to have dominion over all the demons. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll give you that. And then, but as, as you read in the Bible, he got drunk with the power of the demons. He, he was doing too much, right? So my thing is, if all in heaven is so great and wonderful, why is he? Why are you having to convert with demons just to prove a point? Right? There's some things that don't to me to me that don't that don't make sense. Like if you're all power, all this, y'all. If your team is that good. Why are you over here on this side to prove what point, you know? And then, um, so like, and, and as far as that, people don't realize, like when you say demons, I mean, there's legions. I mean, it's like, you just think of it as, as the military, you know, how you battalions, uh, so on and so forth. Same, same rule applies there. Yeah. They got the generals and you got, you know, they all command legion. They got, they commanders and they lead a certain, uh, platoon, whatever case they all have their own. It's all military set up the way the, the way they, their command system is the same thing so um but no it it, it the, the solomon thing the first thing they always say is well yeah god gave him the ring as, as a sign of dominion over the demons and it's just like you can see that can go either way to me it goes either way because i'm like well if it why would you need to to deal with them and and, and for what and then it, as you read like i said you keep reading on he gets enamored with the power of, of the demons That's why he's um uh he's fucking with them other holes and shit. Yeah, yeah. Actually worshiping the demons and shit. Yeah. Because like you say he's been so familiar with them and shit. Yeah. But yeah, man, hey, um, I ain't gonna hold you up, bro. Um I just hey appreciate it, bro. Hey, all the knowledge, man, like hey, shit is crazy, bro. But now I gotta go <laughs> Go watch the videos. Go watch those videos. <laughs> Whole agenda, bro. This man, that's why, man. That shit is that's just diabolical, man. Yeah. Because you being mindful, you don't even know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At that time, I was like a teenager, you know, and, and you're getting into the mind. So at this whole time, when you when you do this whole thing, and you say, oh well, you know, well, you know that was a tranny, 
even way back then. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, nigga, what, nigga? No, no, no way. Well, you know, you're okay with it as long as you didn't know. So now you know what's different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So actually, you you actually do like Trent, man. Yeah, man, this is a whole mind fuck, man. But again, man, I really appreciate it, bro. I'm going to see you going to continue show, man. My man, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. That's my man, Mr. Fantastic. Yo, y'all go subscribe to Mr. Fantastic. Oh, another caller. Caller was bragging. What's good? What's good, man? I just flew from Haiti and my home was tired. Don't do that. Don't you, don't, don't you set it off. Don't you set it off. <laughs> Right. I'm I'm good, my man. How are you? That's a very good question. Now, now, another thing. Now, back to my man, LL Cool J. The one pass leg up. I'm about to go left with this, but it's going to make sense. Go back to the old school cartoons like Popeye, Bugs Bunny, etc. Mm. Remember when they remember, remember they used to sit on the side of the road and you try to get hitchhikers to stop for them? Mm-hmm. They were dressed in drag. They were dressed in drag. That's right. That's right. That's right. Talk about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet Jackson too. Veronica Peel, Beverly Peel, but she was light skinned but she was light light complexed. Yeah, uh, um, I think her name was Beverly Peel, either Veronica Peel or Beverly Peel. Uh, let me keep it one at a time. Hello. My man, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, first degree masonry. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you, bro. Caller. Oh, okay. 
Okay, can I go back into cooking? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, call it. Call it. What's bracking? What's happening? My man. <laughs> How you been? <laughs> I'm good. Go in, brother. Go in. Go in. My man, same to you. I pre- Thank you, brother. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I appreciate that. My, my man, have a good one. Yes, sir. And, and to add to what he said, also the royal gesture, um, 
there's a Hawaii branch. And guess who came out of the Hawaii branch? Obama was a member of the Hawaii branch of the Royal Jesters. Um, yeah, look it up online. Um, if you don't believe what we're saying, by all means, he came out, he came out of that branch at, out of Hawaii. Now, um, let's get back to the whole Biggie tranny thing. Um, Mr. C, we all know was Biggie's best friend and Biggie and, and, uh, we know Mr. C has, has a, a, a penchant for, for trannies and he kept getting, you know, in trouble, for, you know, being seen with him or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You're not going to convince me he didn't know. Um, now was he complicit? Could be, I, I, you know, would, would it surprise me if he were? No, but um, also Buster Rhymes, since he was in the video. Now, how many times have trainees accused Buster Rhymes for beating them up and not paying them? Okay, remember a couple years ago, the one trainee uh, tried to sue him because he wouldn't pay for its services. He's, he, he skipped the bill, and on top of that, he beat the, he beat the motherfucker up. Okay, there's a slew of trainee women that hate Buster Rhymes, and the word is uh, among the community: do not service Buster Rhymes because he either will not pay you or will not pay you and beat you the fuck up on top of that. Okay, because uh, I remember the interview years ago, and he, and the person that asked him, he said, "Well, what about homosexuality and hip hop?" And he got so upset he stopped the interview. Do y'all remember that? Because I do, right? Um, now also getting back to my man X's point about the king being crowned. Now you remember, you know, back in the olden days, uh, when they made you king, you were just a figurehead, right? It was the priest behind you that, that selected you as a, as a king. You, you eventually would be sacrificed. Okay. So there's a, there's a, a bunch of societies where they pick their kings only to, 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 to knock their heads off years down the road after they, after they have served their purpose. So a lot of times kings were just a figurehead. It was the priest behind them that ran the shit. Okay. Um, let me see what else. What else? Oh yeah. So the video, the the two men and the, and the, and the sister, you know, shaking the stuff. And um, yeah, go back and watch those videos. And um, if and then so what? I guess Shamika was killed because Shamika didn't tell whoever. Uh, she was dealing with that she had she was a man still and um so she's not here to talk about her side of the story unfortunately um yeah i'm i'm so thoroughly disappointed with these old niggas my generation that all sold off for the dollar and um i have not looked at hip hop the same in a very long time um now, okay, getting back to this tape. Now, everyone keeps asking me about the tape. Listen, yes, we know the tape exists. The tape with T.I. and 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 Puffy and Nas, like they're all half naked in, 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 in a tub or some shit. Listen, that tape will never, ever surface. Don't ask me about it. Don't sit here and think for a hot New York minute somebody else that has a copy of it will release that tape. Trust and believe. Bodies will drop if that tape is ever released. The original person that had it was talking tough shit and said, hey, um, I'll I'll release this tape if y'all don't pay me such and such money, yada, yada, yada. They paid. They got the tape. We ain't heard shit from that dude ever since. 
Now take what you want from that. Now, to my knowledge, Puffy has the only copy, uh, in 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 the only full copy. Now, does Ti have a copy? Maybe. Does Nas have a copy? Maybe. Um, but guarantee that tape will never fucking come out. Okay, so y'all can just relax on that shit. Um, it is one thing that this should be exposed, but it's not gonna come from their end. Okay, unless you break into the house, crack the safe. <laughs> and digitize the copy and send it out in a mass email, it's never going to happen. So y'all just relax. If you're thinking um, you're going to catch Puffy in a towel with a bunch of men in a pool, it's just not going to happen, okay? Not not from his end. Um, I'm glad that people are starting to kind of wake up to this shit uh, as far as the, the music business. Everybody's in cahoots with the nonsense, okay? Um, I want to say, and, and and it pains me to say this, Old girl Rhapsody. Rhapsody, sister. Um the the the, the what performance did she just do not too long ago? Was it the NFL shit with the with the white girl? All right. She she down with the shit too. If she ain't down with it, they're gonna break her in pretty soon if she if she wants to go further. I like Rhapsody. She's a I, she, I think she's a sweet, sweet woman, but you in a grimy ass business. The grimiest of grime. Listen, the music business is considered the like the bottom of the barrel when it comes to entertainment. Like when it comes to TV, film, music, the music business is is like um, trash. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh, you slumming with the you 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 hang with bums. Oh, you 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 slumming with them. Like that's how they look at the music business. Like your bottom feeders. Okay, so you are in the the muck and the mire. Uh, you you swimming with sh- the, the 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 crabs and the lobsters, the bottom feeders. Okay, so um, I like Rhapsody, but I'm not stupid. I know how this game goes, and the more and more you see her pop up everywhere, all of a sudden, uh, at some point they're gonna say, "Look, okay, sis, we did this for you. We got you to this point. Now, how bad do you want to take it further?" Okay. Now, if you're gonna ask me, is she gonna bite? I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Okay, Rhapsody is popping right now. She's popping. Okay, don't get me wrong. She's been grinding for a minute, but now they got they got their eyes on her, and they're giving her they give they this the carrot with the stick, right? They put it in front of in front of you. They're on a treadmill, and they you know every once in a while they let you get a get a little piece of it. I like Rhapsody, man, but come on, cut the bullshit. It's got the bullshit. It is what it is. Um. So with that being said, uh, I think I'm I think I'm done with my little hip hop rant. Um, once again, if you guys have any questions, you want to call in. If you don't like what I'm saying, by all means, the number is six four six five four seven one three zero five. My last article for tonight, and trust me when I say this, I'm the first one to say it. Now, we all know the LGBT history is coming. The history month is coming. And they're going to associate that shit with black, with black folk. Okay? Write this name down when I tell you this. This person's name here. Lucy Hicks Anderson. Write this name down. Your kids are going to know who Lucy Hicks Anderson is in about 10 years. Uh, thank you, Faces by Pureness. My favorite piece of Canadian bacon. Thank you, Mama. Um, Lucy Hicks Anderson. Anderson. Okay. 
why am I talking about Lucy Hicks Anderson, the first black transgender person to fight for her rights and marriage in court in 1945. I can guarantee it. Your kids will be doing a history report on this person uh, in the next 10 to 15 years. Let's get into this story, shall we? Um, okay. From 1920 to 1945, Lucy Hicks Anderson, born Tobias Lawson, would live life as a woman before the truth was later discovered. Even though she never called herself a transgender woman, she insisted that a person could be of one sex and belong to the other. Noted as one of the earliest fighters for marriage equity in the United States, Lucy was put on trial for marrying a woman and wearing women's clothes. This made her the first transgender black person legally tried and convicted for impersonating a woman. Born in 1886 in Whitey, Kentucky, Lucy at an early age had identified as a girl. She told her mother that she was not a boy. She demanded to be called Lucy instead of Tobias and wanted to wear a dress to school. Shocked, Lucy's mother took her to a local doctor who advised that she would be raised and accepted as a girl. At the age of 15, Lucy left school and moved to Picos, Texas, where she began work at a hotel doing domestic chores. She later married Clarence Hicks in Silver City, New Mexico, and the two moved to Oxnard, California. Lucy blended in so well and worked as a cook with one of the influential families of the community. She became popular for her tasty dishes and even won prizes for them. Meanwhile, Lucy was also saving money to buy a property to start a brothel. Uh, okay, such was her fame that even she was arrested for selling alcohol in the years of prohibition. She was quickly bailed by a prominent banker in the town who needed her services for a dinner party. Meanwhile, her brothel was not doing badly at all. Lucy was described as the main attraction, usually dressed in bright, low-cut silk garments that showed off her collarbones, wearing a dramatic high-heeled shoes. She never forgot to compliment her look with either a hat or a wig of all shapes and varieties. Lucy also supported charities like the Red Cross and Boy Scout, as well as the U.S. and its World War II efforts by buying war bonds. But troubles began for her when she remarried after her first marriage ended in 1929. In 1944, Lucy married Reuben Anderson, a soldier. But within a year, accounts said that the Navy linked a case of a venereal disease to Lucy's, Lucy's brothel. This prompted an investigation of all the workers at the premises, including Lucy, who was then about 59. Following the examinations, doctor found out that she was a biologically male and the news was greeted with shock across the community. The Ventura County District Attorney accused Lucy of perjury as when she signed the, the marriage license, she swore that there were no legal objections to the marriage. Meanwhile, at the time, marriage was only between valid between a man and a woman, and she was not a woman. Ahead of her trial, Lucy went through the other series of examinations, which also declared that she was a man. During her trial, Lucy challenged the reports by the doctors saying that the identity she had lived the rest of her life was more valid than what she was on her birth certificate. I quote, I defy any doctor in the world to prove that I am not a woman. I have lived, dressed, and acted just as I am a woman, she reported to have said in court. Still, the courts found her guilty, and she was put on probation for 10 years while being prohibited from wearing women's clothing. That was at the end of her woes. Lucy was tried by the federal government of defrauding the government of money because she had received allotment checks as the wife of a member of the U.S. Army. Lucy and her husband, Reuben Anderson, were both prosecuted for fraud in 1946 and sent to prison. Upon their release, they tried to come back to Oxnard, but the local police did not allow it. 
they had to move to Los Angeles, where they stayed for the rest of their lives until Lucy died in 1954. This is just shit your kids are going to be studying and write reports on. I guarantee it. Write that name down. You heard it here first. If we give a fuck, if this shit is still popping 10 years from now, here, me, I said it. This person here and others like him or her will be the, will be the menu for course. All right. So, yes, um, this the man was still dealing with the man. Yes. And the chat, Roscoe. Yes, he was still dealing with her. Yes. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's you know what guys that's pretty much it for me tonight. I'm not gonna drag this out, um, unless you guys got any questions, calls um, in the next five minutes. I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, it's just and I'm sitting here watching uh, the the Wu Tang saga, right? And I'm just looking at these niggas like, you know what? Fuck y'all too. You know what I'm saying? I love the Wu Tang Clan, but I don't listen. I everybody gets a side eye from me from here on out. 90s rappers all get side eyes from here on out. All, all, all of them. All of them. <laughs> uh, call in number 646-547-1305. Those that have called in, Darkman X, fantastic. Uh, I, I pre- Thank you, brothers, for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, um, if, if nothing else, I'm going to head wrap this up. Uh, yo, oh, I'm sorry. In the chat, yo, slide. I don't, I don't have to shout me out. Just want to support the channel. I would never look at hip hop the same. I remember when hip hop started. Uh, Wilk Motley the third. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, it's just funny how as we get older, all the signs and symbology, it all comes together. Everything we thought we were crazy back then, we were not crazy. Yes, if a motherfucker looked hard in the face, there was a reason why they looked hard in the face and why we looked at it funny. You know, you ever notice all your surgeries now? All right, caller. What's going on? What's Bracken? What's going on, Slide? It's Hey Rue, man. Man, <laughs> talk to me, brother. What's on your mind tonight? <laughs> man, I just I'm just catching the end of your, uh, your, 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 your YouTube program or not. And you said it's 1945. Man, that's damn near shortly after the Great Depression. Yes, indeed. Motherfuckers couldn't wait. Motherfuckers couldn't, couldn't wait to get on that train ride, boy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I no, I appreciate you calling. What else is on your mind tonight? My man, I appreciate that. Right on. I, I, yes, sir. Yeah. Um. All all those nineteen nineties video vixens. Look at them with a side eye too. So there was a reason why. Um, yeah, all your plastic surgeries now have all the hard angular uh, cuts in the jawline, the high cheekbones, um, deferred brows. Uh, so this is how we become conditioned to accept that look of what we what we would deem a woman, right? So now if you see a woman with a soft round face, you look at her like, well, what's wrong with you? Your face is round. So you're so used to looking at sharp angles on a woman, which is not supposed to be. Um, so they know what they're doing. Um, it's disgusting. It is. It is what it is. I mean, ain't shit I can do about it. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm done with hip hop. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I also listen to the, the to the music. But as far as that whole the culture, I'm done with the hip hop culture. I'm done with the culture. The culture is on some fuck shit. Was on some fuck shit. 
still on some fuck shit. And uh, to hell with it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, hey, hey, let me let can we let me, let's, let's get messy. Method Man, Red Man. Don't act like y'all didn't hear those rumors too. Okay. Don't act like we all didn't hear the rumors of Meth and Red Man uh, for years, for years. All right, allegedly. So with that being said, um, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and get out of here. Love and light to everybody. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Oh, 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 no, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. Call it. What's happening? Hello. Hello. Oh, okay. You have a good night, sir. <laughs> what, what the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, that's what we get. See? <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Call it was bragging. Hey, what's happening? Question. Yes, sir. Uh, did, I'm sorry, I say what? Um, song called Do Fontaine Do Fontaine was the uh, the rapper from Last Poet. I'm sorry, could you could you repeat the question for me one more time, please? I said, did Jimi Hendrix help create hip hop? Was he like a main like you know what I mean? A main like contributor to the sound of hip hop? Honest, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. Now, I mean, if you're gonna get into the whole um, genre of just black music, still, even still, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. And I don't mean no, no, no disrespect to Jimmy like that, but Jimmy was on some other shit. Um, no, I, I would not say that. I wouldn't. Because the, the the only I mean you can't even find anybody that sampled Jimi Hendrix music. The only person I know that sampled his music off the off the off the rip was was Fat Joe. No one was really checking for Jimmy like that in hip hop, not to my knowledge, you know. No, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't put Jimmy down like as as a as a co creator or, or a proponent of hip hop. That's no disrespect to him or hip hop, but Jimmy was on some other shit. And my last question is. Uh, is Lucifer a woman? I'm sorry, is Lucifer. A, I'm to ask you that question. A what now? A woman. Is Lucifer a woman? Was Lucifer a woman that God created for pleasure and then she turned against them? That would be that would be that's Lilith. Oh, is that is that somehow are those two separate people? Yes. Okay. Cool. I gotta look into that. Yeah, definitely. Don't tell me that they were the same person, technically. No. Not at all. Okay, cool. All right, cool. That's all I had to ask. Thank you. All right. Shout out to everybody. I like that. We're going to click through stuff, too. Appreciate it. Thank you. You too, sir. Okay. Um, Okay, cool. That's a good way to end the show. I like calls. Uh, I like being asked questions. I like, you know, rapport back and forth. So I enjoy that uh, greatly. Um, so, yeah, I'm done with hip hop. I know I see my main, my main rain in, in, in the chat. Rain, 
look, we about to get in and get this money and we get the fuck out of hip hop, dog. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, let's take the real one, please. Caller, what's happening? Yo, what's up, man? It's Frank. Ray, what's going on, big dog? Yo, what's up, man? You, you just killed Santa Claus, bro. Nigga, listen, we throwing hip hop in the trash, okay? I'm sorry, we're gonna get in, get our little monies, we're getting the fuck out, okay? That's it, that, that's it, that's all, okay? You stay in too long, we're gonna see some things. No, 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 we... <laughs> Yeah. You n- you never heard that rumor for real? Nah, man. That's old. That's old. I heard, I heard, I heard the stuff like, heard like little DMX things or Tupac things or whatever. Especially Puffy, but things like Method Red. Never heard. That. Yeah, that that that's that's old. I I was hearing that shit back. A minute, a good minute ago. Even though you couldn't, you know, no one ever, you know, proved anything. But that shit, that shit never died. To you know, when I was, nope. So, yeah. That's crazy. And then I five was talking about LL with the one pass breakup. Yeah. Well, remember, Pink did it too during her one of her VMA performances. Hers was in black and white. She had the black and white checker with the on the right leg pulled up. Yeah. 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 And so so that's what I'm saying, from like the type of brand that I that I brand the big thing of a real dude. And they're, they're not trying to see this. Bro, we just gonna get in and get out like a robbery. In and out. In and in, out. that's it. In and out. Wow. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm depressed now, man. I'm gonna go watch the the warning video one more time. Like, yeah, that's that's that motherfucker look hard in the face, dog. Yeah, yo, and I've seen that before. Then the the whole the he she line. Yeah. Like 20 years later, we're still trying to figure out what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah, exactly. No, nah, you're good. I appreciate it. Yo, shout out to everybody in the chat room that be fucking with me. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, we're not gonna worry about the anonymous caller. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we're, I'm not gonna worry about the, the anonymous caller. If they're still holding. Okay, cool. All right, cool, cool. So yeah, um, shout out to everybody that called in. Um, it's all about you guys. I do this for you guys. Um, so yeah, hopefully a conversation has been struck amongst you and start looking at things a little bit differently with the, with the fine tooth comb. And if it doesn't make sense, oh shit. Um, okay. I'll take one more and that's it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Call it what's happening. Oh, okay. Have a good night, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Have a good night. I'm done. The show is over. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm good, dog. Y'all have a good night. Peace. No, show is over. We're done.
<laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Oh Lord, Lord have mercy. That was funny. That was funny. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. No, no, fuck, don't even, don't even. You anti-terrorism. <laughs> no, don't even, don't even put that motherfucker through. Nah, he good. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Mm, I, I ain't, I'm not worth all this attention. I, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, that's on. That's totally up to you, sir. I'm. I'm not even gonna waste my time with that dude. He. he... Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Wow, he's really, he's persistent. He really, he wants some attention, clearly. Mm -mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it went it went good tonight. So I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with the way it, how it turned out. Cool. Okay.
right, right. Okay, bro. Peace. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yo, my bad, y'all. The dude kept calling. He kept calling. Like, that's who he kept calling. So, um, sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah, um, that was it for the night. Thank, thank everybody for hanging out. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, I, like I said, I really didn't, I had a half-ass prep. Like I, I, this was a piss poor prep, but I'm glad it, it turned out the way it did. I'm glad you guys called it cause I was struggling. Um, yeah. So with that being said, if not any questions, um, thank you, uh, Canadian bacon for the, for the super chat. Um, so with that being said, Cindy, your motherfucking ass, the fuck y'all talking about in the chat. Let me see real quick. What the fuck y'all talking about? Miss B. Hey. Miss B, you still cooking? The twins still cooking? Oh, y'all, y'all going ape shit in the chat. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna touch the chat. I'm gonna let y'all have it. I, I'm gonna let y'all rock with the chat. I'm gonna take my punk ass to sleep. <laughs> I'm gonna take my punk ass to sleep. They still cooking. So when's the when's the due date, Miss B? When's the due date? Like you know, you know what? E- email me like the the nursery uh, registry or something like that. You still got my email? Just, yeah, you know what? I'll put it in the chat. Big B, what's happening? I didn't get any notifications, so I'm watching the restream. Ah, yeah, they fucking YouTube man. That's what they do. It's all good. Though. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Um. I'm just typing my email in the chat so Ms. B can email me the uh the, the nursery registry. Right. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, Ms. B, email me and send me the registry. So yeah. Um yeah, outside of that, I'm I, yeah, I really am done with hip hop. Like I'm really, really, I'm just disenchanted at this point with shit. And um, you know, it, it's funny as we get older, um, we start seeing things for what they really are, and it's really disappointing. Um, so unfortunately, this is this is what happens when you uh you grow older and wiser. You just start seeing things for what they are, and everything you questioned back then starts to make sense. So it is what it is. Kev, I see you, Kev. What's going on? Yo, what, O'Shea Jr., what is that all about? You know what? I don't even want to know. It's none of my business. None of my business. So uh, with that, I'm out of here. <clears throat> Excuse me. You guys have a good night. All right. Catch you guys next time. Peace.